0: Wow. Good morning, everybody. How are you guys doing today? Awesome. Well, seriously, guys, it is um, seriously such a privilege to be able to, to be up here. I mean, you know, usually Pastor Troy, Pastor Trina up here, and it's like kind of daunting to be up here, but um, it is a privilege. So thank you, guys. So uh, in the message last week, Pastor Troy talked about Joseph and his story. Today, we're going to be continuing along the series with chapter 4, which talks about Moses and his story and how he, through God, uh, helped deliver people through their suffering. So, let me give you a quick recap on chapter 4. So, Moses, we read that Moses was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. And as he grew older, there was a point in his life where, where he watched uh, an Egyptian beating up a fellow Hebrew. Now, remember, if you read, he's Hebrew, he's um, he's not Egyptian, right? He got adopted. And he got so enraged by this that he killed the Egyptian person and buried him in the sand. And so Pharaoh, like the top dog, he, he heard about this news. He heard this news and he attempted to kill Moses. But Moses ran, didn't he? He ran away. He fled. And it says he fled to a place called Midian. Now, to give context, I had no idea, when I was reading this, I had no idea where this place was. I literally thought, well, um, it's the next town over, so from like Lathrop to Manteca, but I did research, and I found out that Midian, it says, was about seven hundred miles away from from Egypt. So that was pretty far. I mean, that's that's far. Uh, so when he gets there, he he lives there for a while. He marry he ends up marrying a woman, and they have a baby. And one day, while uh, he was there, he was tending to one of his flocks in the wilderness, and he ends up meeting God through a burning bush, and God then sends Moses and Aaron uh, to free the Israelites. And remember, Aaron is Moses' uh, brother, uh, so God sends them to, to free the Israelites through various signs in his story. But you knew we were talking about the day, that today because we're going through the series, and uh, at least I hope you do because you should have read this week. And so because you read it this week, we all know the story. Now it's it's time to get down to how do we, how do we apply this or, or how do we understand and, and use these valuable lessons that we can learn from this chapter. Um, our model here at, at New Life Church is we are real, we are relevant, and, and we are relational. And so we aren't just going to read the book and then just send you home. We are We're going to talk about how to apply this today and how to apply this to today and, and see what lessons and, and valuable lessons we can learn. So as I was reading this chapter, I couldn't help but notice some uh, repetitive patterns um, and human behavior that is, that is so, so relevant to today. Let's dive into the story of Moses. I hope you uh, brought your book today. If you did, I'm going to be referencing the book. Um, But if we can turn to page 46, please. And if you would love to read along with me, we are going to be at the top of page 46 there. And this is actually Exodus 3, 7 through 8. And it says this, The Lord said, I indeed have seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land into a good spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. God then tells Moses, well, he voluntold him. Has, everyone, has anyone here have been voluntold to do something? Like it's not like, yeah, I'll just volunteer. No, he told him to go do that. And, and Moses says, and, and God says, you know what? I, I'll, I'll, I'll choose you. I'm going to send you. What about that? To go talk to Pharaoh. You know, the guy that tried to kill you like a couple years ago. Yeah, I'll just, I'll choose you and you're going to go talk to him for me. What about that? He goes. He sends Moses to, uh, to to talk to the guy who's keeping the Israelites in captivity and suffering. And then in the book we read this this dialogue, and Moses is is pretty much asking God, well, uh, hey, um, what do I even what do I even say? I don't know what to say to this guy. I don't know what to say to Pharaoh. What do you you want to you want me to say? What do you what? I don't know. What do you want me to say? Well, God tells Moses exactly what to say. He literally gives him word by word instruction. And at the bottom of page forty-six, if you turn back there, please, page forty-six, right at the bottom, says uh, this is Exodus four ten. It says Moses says to the Lord, "Pardon your servant, Lord. I I've never been eloquent, and neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant, I'm." slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, well, before we get there, at the bottom of page 46, we read that Moses becomes insecure, doesn't he? He goes back into, uh, he goes back into what I like to call limiting beliefs about himself and tells God, "I'm, I'm slow of speech and tongue. And I would have liked to think that Moses was like, uh, maybe some inner dialogue, right? Um, I can't even speak well, and God wants me to do what? Like, why is he sending me for? I mean, I can't even talk. Mind you, Pharaoh kill, wants to kill him, so I wouldn't want to go back either. So, but I absolutely love the reality and the realness that, that this brings up to the table. Because it is it is so, so true. How many of us, I want to ask you, how many of us in our walks with God have backed off of what God was calling us to do because, because of our fear and insecurity? I I mean, seriously, I know I have. I mean, I was so nervous to like, you know, Pastor Troy was like, you dude, you're gonna preach in like five months. You think you got it? I'm like, I'm like freaking out. And it's like, I mean, seriously. And it's like, well, you gotta do what you gotta do. Have you done that in your life before? God, God then sets Moses straight. And, and he says, uh, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf? or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? And he says, now go. And that's Exodus 4, 11. And he even says this. He says, look, look, Moses, I will help you speak. And, and if you don't know what to say, I'll even teach you what to say. Imagine God literally telling you, like speaking to you and says, look, if you don't know what to do, I'm going to just tell you. And well, if you don't know what to do or say, I'm just I'll just teach you then. What about that? And then even through that, insecurity, fear, and Moses says, "No, no, no. I I can't. I can't. Just please send somebody else." How many God-given opportunities have you or 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 we missed because you didn't trust God, and you allowed your insecurities to overtake you rather than have faith in God. Uh, I want to share a personal story um, where this literally happened to me in real time. Um, I used to work at uh, the San Bernardino General Hospital in the surgery department, and um, I remember I I, I was uh, allowed to go up and, and watch a surgery, and which I've been in multiple before. And I prayed for people before as they went in, because I don't you know if you've had surgery before, you know you go in and then they like put you out. Um, I remember that I was going in for this procedure, and and uh, in the hospital, there's the team right who helps you out. There's this thing called a timeout before you. They do the procedure, so the timeout is okay hey this is uh this is so and so this is the age here's the person's age and, and uh, this is what's going on. Does anyone object uh, you know does that, does anyone have questions anything and you know and then they go on and I remember like this person was still awake, and they looked at me, and I was like I, it felt like God put the it just it was like, hey, go pray for him and I remember I was like scared I was like, uh well. I don't know. And it, I think they seem scared because we all look the same. You know, like you have a skull cap, you wear a mask, you wear your gown, you're wearing scrubs. You can't see anything else besides people's eyes. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to pray for him. And I remember like, I was going to say, hey, hey, excuse me, guys, is it cool if I pray real quick? And then and then I was like, uh, no. And then I, I literally sat in the corner. Like I was just like leaning against the wall. Um, and because of my fear and insecurity, I didn't pray for that person. And so they were just... Fearful I, and, and now I feel bad i feel I felt kind of ashamed like i didn 't pray for him. Um, what have you missed because you, you allowed your insecurity and fear to just overtake you rather than kind of pushing past that and, and doing what God told you to do? as I continue to read this chapter, something about the, carol, uh, the excuse me the, the character Pharaoh stuck out to me. Um, and I noticed starting all the way from page 49 through the end of the chapter, we, we see a sad and angry emotion that's coming from Pharaoh. An emotion that led to irrational based decisions, ultimately causing the death of his whole army. More than 600 chariots. Because 600s were just the best ones. They were like the brand new ones out of the chariot lot or something. Um, Most or all of his military officers and it says all his troops, it says no one survived. Because of the the irrational decisions and leadership, multiple times over it said in the book that he had a hardened heart and because of that, no one survived. I don't know about you, but, but in my life, there have been times where I chose to stay angry, and turn, making my heart hardened. Has that ever happened to you before, where you just chose to stay angry about something? Um, that's happened to me in my life with my family, uh, with, with my, my other side of my family. I just chose to stay angry, and it's, it literally, I stayed like that for a year. I mean, I hate to admit that, but it's, I just, seriously... whole year. In in this chapter, it says Pharaoh's heart was unyielding, unyielding, meaning not giving in, not giving an inch, uh, uh, unlikely to be swayed and hardened. Has that happened to anyone else in here? It took me a year. And I mean, the year felt long. Maybe you, maybe you couldn't forgive your family member who gossip about you. Uh, maybe you're at a, a family party and you're around the corner and you just happen to hear someone talking and gossiping about you and you just couldn't forgive that family member because they act like nothing happened, right? Maybe you couldn't come to a compromise in your marriage with your husband or your wife. Or, or maybe you kept something in, like maybe you're supposed to talk to your wife about something or your husband. And uh, you know, usually you're supposed to have like open communication, and, but you decide to just kind of keep it in and bury it under the rug because you're like, well, no one knows but me and he, and he or she doesn't have to kind of know. And you don't communicate with your spouse and then ends up biting you in the butt. We are all different in our families, right? But I'm asking you as an individual today, what is, it, what is it for you? The first step in fixing an issue that we have is first acknowledging the fact that we have one in the first place. And it is, it is absolutely okay to acknowledge that we all have problems in our lives. But how we, how we choose to deal with them is completely up to us. Now, I'd like everyone to look to the left and to look to the right of you. We're all surrounded here by people, right? And that is what we call our church family at the Lathrop campus, right? We are church family, but what does that mean? Now, to be honest, uh, sometimes people just throw that around. Like, yeah, that's, that's just my church family, you know? Yeah. But what does it mean? To me, it means support. It means a community. For some of us, we would never know either the person or to the right of us, left or right of us, unless you like literally showed up here. Like you wouldn't have known. Or maybe you went to a church event for the first time and otherwise you would just be strangers. It's support. It's community. But really, it's people you care about and people who you actually love. To be honest, you might be closer to some of these people in here rather than your own family because that's, that, that's what it is for me. Please don't forget this, but you may have a family that you've kind of been distant from or, or siblings who, who grew apart, but the people to the left and to the right of you are your siblings in Christ, your brothers and sisters in Christ. And this next group of people I'd like to talk about um, hits home for me. Uh, the Israelites. We hear that in the book, the Israelites. So we know that God uses Moses to deliver the Israelites from, from the Egyptians, from their slavery, their, their harsh labor. And so God gets them out of Dodge. He's like, okay, look, um, you're, this is a horrible spot for you here in your life. Let's go into the desert. Let's go to the wilderness. He helps them escape from slavery. He helps them uh, escape from harsh labor. But as they were away into the desert, into the wilderness, we see a couple patterns. In the midst of their freedom, they complained. Did you read that? I did. They definitely complained. Um, And that's being nice about it. (laughs) I mean, seriously, I was like, come on, bro. Like This guy, I mean... You're walking in the desert. They don't have hydro flask. You know what they had back then? I researched it. They had goat skin uh, like water bottles or something. Yeah. No hydro flask. No ice cubes. I don't think they had ice cubes back then. I noticed there was a lot of groaning and grumbling. Now, um, for me, when I read, to be honest, um, I have to sometimes go back and like read again. Uh, and so I initially like skimmed through the book, and I was like, okay, grumbling and groaning. Yeah, whatever. And I thought, well, what is groaning? I was like, mm. "Hey, bro, you got a? Uh, I got sanded my sandals. <laughs> uh, it's really, it's causing like a rash. I don't have socks on, you know how? And it's like my, it's my feet. It's just I can't take it. I don't know. Uh, and mumbling." Are you kidding me? This is my last drop. I should have got the thirty-four ounce goatskin <laughs> water bottle, not the sixteen ounce. I should have prepared. I should have prepared for for this this trek. I didn't know. I didn't know we were going to the desert. I thought we were going to. I, 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 did you bring a sixty-four ounce? Hey, that homie back there got the sixty-four ounce. It keeps it cooler. Double, triple insulated goatskin. <laughs> I. I don't know about you, but I mumble and groan in my in my life all the time. I'm just being honest. Let's get real for a second, okay? Fresh out of the envision this, fresh out of the drive-through, I take a sip of my pumpkin spice latte, and yeah, and I have, and then so I take a sip, hmm. And I take, and I, I'm sitting in the driver's seat, and I take, I, I look over at my wife with a disgusted look on his, my face, and I say, "There's no cinnamon <laughs> topping on my pumpkin spice latte. How does it go? Milk, syrup, shots, uh, espresso shots, whipped cream, and then the the, the topping. And you get, that's the first thing that hits your mouth. Hello. Uh, and the shots are dead. And this kid here." This teenager, it must be the first day, they, they don't know what coffee is. This is absolutely disgusting. And I swear, there has to be some sugar-free syrup in here because I can taste it, I absolutely do. <laughs> or, or, or check this out, my, my pet peeve. When I go to a restaurant, right, I expect to eat like good food, you know, right? Especially when you go out to a restaurant, you're paying the money. And when, when my noodles in my noodle soup are overcooked, or my pasta, right, if I'm going to an Italian restaurant. When you go to a restaurant, right, you don't, you want a, a, mmm, a delicious, chewy, textured, a little past al dente noodle that is just soaks up the flavor of the sauce, or as you pick up with the chopsticks, hey, you know what I'm talking about, you get some of the soup, you're like, oh, (laughs) yeah, you know what I'm talking about, but you don't want a, a, guys, You know this. You don't want a flabby noodle that just disintegrates while you're eating, right? Come on, who's had like spaghetti and and the noodles are kind of, you know, but I don't know if it's just an Asian thing, but I just, it was ingrained in me like, hey, I got to have a chewy noodle or else my life is just not complete. You know what I'm saying? I watch a lot of Kitchen Nightmares with Gordon Ramsay. Do you know that show? Yeah. Um, But I'm only joking I mean half joking really about these things, but how many of us groan and grumble In our walks with God Maybe some of us don't do it in public But we may do it at home behind closed doors where we're just kind of we may not even say it out loud But we say God where are are you You yeah it's been four days now and you do not understand the pain that I'm going through right now because my lower back and my pinched nerve hasn't healed and I'm just sick of it and where are you because you say you're here but you're not here where are you at I need you now in just a few pages of the book in the chapter we, I noticed that the word groaning was used three times. And the chapter's not really that long, but if you read the, the last two pages, literally the word uh, grumbling is used seven times. I read the last page. I don't know if it's like my ADD, but I'm like grumbling, grumbling, groaning, groaning, grumbling. I'm like, wow, that was used a lot. And so, I mean, I can't imagine in real life, in real time, what that was like back then for them. Uh, Let's turn to page 55, would you please? Page 55. And we'll read at the very bottom of page 55. And this is Exodus 16, 3. It says this. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if we only have died by the Lord's hand in Egypt, because, well, there... We, we sat around pots of meat and we ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us into the desert to starve to death. Um, I, even through the miraculous signs that Moses had already done through God, the Israelites seemed to, to still not trust Moses and or the Lord. Um, Maybe you know this phrase or this saying. In desperate times comes desperate measures. When God puts us in a uncomfortable situation, we tend to want to go back to the place that we started only because it was more comfortable than the season that you or I are in right now. If you're taking notes... Um, I have three rapid points uh, to help you overcome limiting beliefs and insecurity. And if the worship team would please come up, uh, I would like to start with number one. Open your word. And I know this is not the like a, a Bible, but open the word and see what God actually says about you. Because I don't know about you. I also... To be honest, I still do this sometimes, but I, I, I have a lot of negative self-talk. Like, seriously, I'm like, in martial arts, I'm like, if I'm really not having a good week, I'm like, it's because you don't work out, you eat too much noodles, I it just, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not good. And I was like, I don't earn, I don't deserve my belt rank that I am, this is horrible. And I have a lot of negative self-talk, but instead of, instead of looking at your negative self-talk, open the Bible and literally read. What God says about you, his children. For example, right? We are, it says, you are uh, fearfully and wonderfully made. Not, yeah, you're kind of crappy. No, (laughs) it doesn't say that. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I don't know who needs to hear that today, but you are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. Number two. Look at your inner circle, whether you think uh, it's true or not, um, we do get influenced by people and things, right? Hang out with people who who actually encourage you and build you up rather than people who kind of maybe talk behind your back and tear you down. There's like this stat and it says, you know, you're influenced by uh, uh, five people, the, the five people closest to you. Um, who influences you? I want you to kind of think of that and I want you to process that. Who influences you? If you don't have that many people in your group, because to be honest, I don't, I don't know if I do, but I mean, what are look at the things you watch, what do you listen to? And if you're a part of a group yourself, well, who do you influence then? do you influence? And number three, look to the past and, and remind yourself all that God has already brought you through. Amen. I look back at my life and seriously, um, if I didn't give my life to God in the lowest point in my life, I, I know for a fact I wouldn't have an older sister like Pastor Trin. I wouldn't have an older brother like Pastor Brian, and I certainly would not have an amazing wife like my wife, Pastor Tasha. Um, I remember the, the day I was crying in my room, literally in front of my mirror, and I was like, I'm tired of it, and I, gave, I just, I was like, I, can't, I, I, I need better people in my life. And I prayed about it, and God gave me an abundance more than I could even ask for. I'd like you to close your eyes. I'd like to ask you, what is it that God is trying to deliver you from today? Think about that. What is God trying to deliver you from today? I'd like to I'd like for you to pray about it. And I'd like you to think about that for a moment. And with no one looking around, all eyes closed, being respectful. Who would, who would raise their hand and say, you know what? Despite my fears and insecurities, God, would you just use me today? If that's you, if you say, God, despite my fears and insecurities, God would just use me today. Who is, I would ask you to raise your hand boldly, courageously. God, use me. Who wants to be a Moses today? Thank you for raising your hands. You can put your hands down. You can also open your eyes. Now, God chose Moses to deliver a whole nation of people into their freedom. If you rose your hand and you said, you know what, I am ready to be a Moses. God, use me today. Well, buckle up because here's the second part of this tie with the chapter, God sends Moses to deliver the Israelites. Maybe God wants to use you today. Maybe he wants to use you today. So here's a whiteboard and uh, I'm actually gonna, if you excuse me for a second, I'm gonna move this down because there's a purpose why it's up here. Thank you, Pastor Kyler, for grabbing that for me. And tie with the chapter, right? Moses was used to to deliver the Israelites. Um, But here's a whiteboard, and here's what I'm gonna do with the whiteboard. I'm going to take a marker and I'm gonna draw on the whiteboard A heart. You're probably wondering like, man, Michael, what's the heart for? Well, hmm, I want you to ask yourself this. Who do I know? Who do you know? Ask yourself that. Who do you know? Hmm, Co-workers, family, friends, brothers, sisters. Who do I know? What person in your life have you noticed needs deliverance. A, a person who, who needs to be delivered from that something in their life. And now, I'm not telling you to think of this specific person or people, and honestly, you could even be yourself, but I'm not, it's not because you're judging their life or being critical of their their personality or who they are, but reframe that, it's because you because you love them and you care about them as a person. Because, because you value them as a person. And a person who needs Jesus in their life. I'd like you to be, well, I know who raised their hands. And I would like you to be bold and courageous today. Rather than just sitting in your seat, I would, I would, I would like you to walk up. Now, you don't have to write the full person's name out because, you know, just to be respectful, you don't have to put them on blast, but you would be you would be walking up in faith. Rather than just staying comfortable in your chair and where you're at right now, you would be walking up in faith. It's almost like a symbolic kind of thing where you're standing in the gap for this person. You know Jesus, but obviously if you thought of somebody, they probably don't. And you probably know them well enough to obviously know what issues are going on in their lives. How, how much more, I want you to ask, ask you this, how much more hope do you have because you know Jesus? How much more freedom do you have because you know Jesus? I don't know what person you're thinking about right now, but imagine this. How much more hope would they have if, if they knew Jesus? How much more freedom in their life just to wait off Of their life if they just knew God be like Moses today although he had insecurities and fear right just like all all of us do we all have them right Uh, despite your insecurities and the fears you may have stand in the gap for this person right here right now today at this time Uh, the worship team is going to sing another song and and as we stay in an attitude of worship I'd love for you to come and write the person's initials the person you care about the person you value and the person you know who needs Jesus in their life I'd love for you to come up and and to write on the whiteboard go ahead I'll wait you know I want to back up, but you know what? I want to read this to you real quick. I know you wrote this, and there's people still walking up to write names down. I hope that you grasp the, the you grasp this. This is, this is not just a, two letters on a whiteboard. Do you know this is somebody's life you're talking about? These are real people in real time with real lives. Uh, I, 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 just to read some off, there's RFJZ, uh, RVSW, KS, KJ, BF, RS. I, I don't know these people. I mean, most of them. I, I know the ones I wrote down. Yeah. This is kind of just like a symbolic thing where it makes it a little bit more real for you. Because how many of us can just say, well, we're gonna go into the parking lot, we're gonna leave, we're gonna go eat lunch, and yeah, uh, well, I thought of somebody, and I'll just pray for them. Hmm. I'll just pray. I'm not saying prayer's not great because hey, you know it is. But I'm talking about you are now standing in the gap for these people. You obviously wrote their name down and you know probably well enough what stuff they're actually going through in their life. Otherwise, you wouldn't have walked up and did this. This is how, well, you care about them. You love them. You you value them as a human being. And you want them to come to know Jesus. You know what? I think it's such great timing with our church that we have a men's and women's conference coming up. And uh, why not invite them? Just go, and then when you invite a friend, they're, you're, they're free. Well, who would not say no to free? Just be like, hey, clear your calendar for that. Take them to a cup of coffee. Uh, just talk to them this week. Have that conversation. Just bring it up, just, just a little bit. Just bring it up. Don't be scared first off, if you, need, if, you, if you need help with it, I'm pretty sure one of the pastors up here can kind of give you like a what to say kind of thing. But be bold and courageous today, just like Moses. Use this opportunity. It'd be a great opportunity to help make a difference in these people's lives. Would you pray with me? Father God, thank you for your word today. God, I pray over every single person in this room right now. God, we pray over their fears and insecurities. God, I said we pray over their fears and insecurities. God, that you would pull greatness out of every single one of your children sitting in this auditorium right now, whether that's online and you're not in person, Whether you're listening in a podcast, would you pull greatness out of every single one of these children of yours? And as for the names that are on the whiteboard, we pray, God, that they would soon come to know you, Jesus, and that you begin to stir up in their hearts and their minds, God. In Jesus' name, we prayed. amen.